Welcome to the On the Air podcast, a companion to On the Air magazine, a bi-monthly magazine from ARRL for beginner to intermediate ham radio licensees. I'm your host, Steve Ford, WB8IMY. Every month, the On the Air podcast extends material found in On the Air magazine to help you learn about the many things the ham radio service and hobby has to offer. The On the Air podcast is sponsored by ICOM for the love of ham radio. In the May-June issue of On the Air, we devote some pages to ARRL Field Day, which takes place in just a few weeks. This is possibly one of the largest amateur radio operating events of the year. But what is Field Day, really? To answer that question, we have Fred Kemmerer, AB1OC, the president of the Nashua, New Hampshire Amateur Radio Club. This is an extremely active club. In fact, it was the Dayton Hamvention Club of the Year for 2019. If anyone can speak with authority about field day in particular and portable operating in general, it's Fred. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Steve. It's nice to be talking with you today. Yeah, you too. Uh, Your club, uh, which you are the president, is renowned uh, nationwide for its activity and uh, not just field day, but uh, everything else that you do. And, you know, this podcast is designed for hams who are relatively new to the hobby. And you and I, as veteran amateurs, we take it for granted that everybody knows what field day is. But in truth, a lot of people don't, especially hams who are brand new. Uh, Can you explain what field day actually is? Sure, Steve. Uh, You know, I think field day is different things to different people, and that's one of the things that makes it special. I guess at a textbook definition level, it's about being prepared and encouraging hams to be prepared for emergency situations by practicing um, um, basically setting up a station ideally someplace that uh, there normally isn't one, operating it for 24 hours to, uh, you know, gauge how it works and have some fun with it, and then taking it all down and putting it uh, putting it in some location where it's at the ready in the event of a real emergency. Um, some folks also do field day from their home stations, um, particularly with the COVID situation. The rules have changed a bit um, to uh, enable more hams to do that. And then lastly, it's pretty common to uh, use whatever you use for portable operations. You know, so you can do some amount of field day from, uh, from an FM station in a vehicle, or if you have a handy talkie and you're in the right place, you can even get some activity going that way as well. So I think field day is, is different things to different folks, depending on what they like to do. Um, uh, it's also a little bit of a competitive thing. Um, the ARL does publish scores um, in QST. And many clubs participate in field day, and they, uh, you know, they try to see who can kind of be on the top of the heap or maybe improve in their category. So while it's not officially a contest, it's also a chance to practice some of the same skills that you would be involved in in building, um, you know, a contest station, maybe even a multi-transmitter one, uh, depending, uh, you know, what the group is doing. And you could be forgiven for thinking it's a contest, if you were to tune into field day activity for the first time, it, it certainly sounds like contest exchanges flying back and forth, but technically it isn't, correct? That's correct. I mean, like I said, the textbook definition is to be prepared for emergencies and practice 
you know, both the station building and the operating skills that, uh, that you would, you would need in that kind of situation. And, uh, you know, by making it, uh, making it a little bit competitive, um, by, you know, with the scores being published and all, I think it just encourages some groups to work harder to, um, you know, to perfect their skills and their stations and their equipment and all that kind of stuff. It's also a tremendous opportunity for new hams to learn how to do things. You know, I'll just give an example of what our club's plans are for field day as a, as a way to illustrate this. We're going to be putting up a 40-foot tower and a tri-band Yagi. Um, we're also putting up wire antennas for 80 and 40 meters. Um, we're going to be putting up a 6-meter station with a Yagi. And lastly, we're going to have a computer-controlled satellite ground station um, that uses Yagis and computers to uh, work linear satellites. So for our club's approach to this, um, the setup and putting that station together is, is an important part of the learning opportunity as the operating of it is. And we have a lot of folks in our club that have been relatively recent, recently licensed or upgraded that are coming out just to see how a station like that is built. Um, we'll have uh, five transmitters on the air simultaneously. So, um, you know, it'll be a chance for, for folks also to see how the multi-operator transmitter end of a station can be put together. It's all portable, generator-powered in a public location. And uh, we usually will get quite a few onlookers from the general public, both during when we're setting it up and when we're operating it. And it's a great way to kind of put the word out about what amateur radio is all about and what we can really do in a situation where there's an emergency, we have to, you know, basically put a pretty complicated radio station together on the fly. About how many people show up at your site, would you say, throughout the event? I would be saying that we would have, excluding the general public, now we're doing this in a public park, and we'll probably have at least 50 public visitors who will just encounter us there and kind of be curious and see what we're doing, and probably roughly 50 or 60 club members will participate over the course of the weekend, probably not all of them at once. But, uh, you know, if we kind of counted everybody who uh, who was involved, it's probably in that range. Now, of course, not everybody has to do field day with a club, which we'll touch on that in a moment as far as individual or small group efforts. But putting yourself in the shoes of a newly licensed ham, maybe you're not as familiar with the clubs in your area. How would you find somebody who is participating in field day in a club? Yeah, great question. Um, there is an ARRL field day locator um, on ARL.org's website. Um, if you search for ARL field day locator, um, you'll be able to see the clubs in your area that are doing field day. I would also um, probably just Google amateur radio club. You know, Google search is kind of um, directed towards where you do it from and see what you can find there. Most clubs that are involved in field day activities will put something on their website to indicate that. And uh, it's important to pick a club that's welcoming of, of new people and recently upgraded people. I guess, you know, the thing you want to look for is a club who treats field day as a learning activity. And, uh, you know, maybe looking at their website or if they have a Facebook page or whatever, um, and kind of seeing how they're approaching field day um, will give you a good idea when you find a club, whether it's a good one for, for you as a beginner. Another thing that's good to do is to reach out to someone at the club, offer maybe to help uh, set the station up, and uh, you know ask about um, whether it'd be okay for you to operate at field day and see what kind of responses you get back. Again, different clubs take different approaches to field day, and what you really want to look for as a beginner, I think, 
is someone who's welcoming of somebody who maybe doesn't have a lot of experience and is willing to make field day about learning for you. Some clubs are extremely aggressive from the uh, competitive side. I know I have one in my area that for them, it is a contest, and they're deadly serious about it. That that might not necessarily be the best for a beginner. Is that correct? Yeah, that's. I would definitely say that. Um, by the way, just as an aside, I know a lot of club folks will listen to this. Um, we've taken, National Radio Society has taken the approach that it's a learning opportunity, um, and uh, we also license a lot of new people. About um, 30% of our club is licensed less than three years, so that's very, very important for us. And uh, in spite of that, we've done some pretty big field days. Our last one was 13 Alpha um, with four towers up. Now, we won't be doing anything quite that complicated this year. But um, we've always managed to be in the top of our category, despite the fact that we have a lot of new folks involved. And, uh, you know, I would give um, credit to um, the folks in the club for their willingness to train and tutor. And also, you know, the good thing about new people um, at field day is many folks are very interested in doing everything because they've maybe never done field day before or they've only done it a few times. And all that extra energy accounts usually for some pretty hard operating if you give those folks a chance. I'll, I'll just share a little story. Our last uh, big field day, which was a in-person field day, which was a few years back, was the 13 Alpha. And we had three of, of the best world-class CW contest operators that ran our CW stations for us. And we had uh, three young people and some new hams ran our digital stations on FT8. And particularly one individual, Abby, AB1BY, stayed overnight and ran two, sometimes three transmitters at the same time. And she managed to match and almost beat the scores of the three, some of the best CW operators in the world running our CW stations hard. Wow. So the new folks can really sometimes amaze um Maybe some of the folks that, that take that contesting kind of approach and actually produce better scores than their old hands simply because they're, they're young, they're enthusiastic, and they really want to operate. So uh, I, don't, I don't think that necessarily a club that's focused on a great score needs to be worried about new people. As long as they're willing to work with them and train a little bit, they're probably going to find that those, those young folks or new folks are going to really surprise them in terms of what they're going to do. Now, a moment ago, Fred, you mentioned 13 Alpha. Can you just define what that means? Yeah, sure. So there are a number of different classes in field day. Um, the the multi-transmitter club category or group category is the Alpha category if it's on emergency power. Um, so in our case, being 13 Alpha, we had um, 13 transmitters plus a free VHF, and we actually had a talk-in station. So technically, we had 15 transmitters on the air at that field day. Um, and um, the alpha category, of course, was emergency power group operation in a non-permanent location. So in that case, we went to a school sport field. We set up four towers. Um, we set up tents and generators, and we literally put together um, stations for CW sideband and FTA digital that all operated simultaneously and we had a total of four of 13 of those on operation we also had a six meter station in that field day we had satellite station we also had um, um, weak signal VHF UHF stations on two meters and 70 centimeters as well so that was quite a large field day station this year um, you know we're just kind of coming out of COVID and we're taking a more limited approach we're going to be four alpha this year and what that station looks like is, again, generator-powered, public location, um, outdoors. 
Um, and we're going to have um, a transmitter for 20 meters HF, a transmitter dedicated for 40 meter HF, one that does switchable between 10, 15, and 80, and that will give us a, a station that can be operated both during the day and at night. Our um, next station will be a 6 meter dedicated station, and then our free VH, UHF, our free VHF station, which Field Day allows without adding an alpha, will be our 2 meter, 70 centimeter computer satellite station. So. In that case, we'll have four alpha, five transmitters active simultaneously, and uh, one single tower that does uh, a Yagi on it with 10, 15, and 20, and then inverted V wires for 40 and 80 on the same tower, and then a bunch of auxiliary antennas for satellite six meters. So one of the cool things about field day is you'll see lots of different stations. Some folks will just go um, string a couple wire antennas up in a tree and be on a couple bands, or maybe they'll have a multi-band wire. Um, at the opposite extreme, you might find a really big field day station that has four or five towers that are put up. Obviously, everybody has to get all of their equipment up basically in 24 hours before field day starts, and that's really the limiting factor on the size of the station. Um, obviously, uh, one or two antennas is pretty easy to get up in a day. Four towers and 13 transmitters or 15 transmitters is a little bit harder to get a station like that up in 24 hours, but you definitely can do it if you have a, a big enough group of people. What about somebody operating from home? They, they're they not going to go out to a site. They just want to operate with their home station. Not everybody's in a position to go out and set up a station in the field, and I think it, the more folks that we get on at field day, the better. So, yes, if you have a station at home, you can operate it. I believe the category for that is the Delta category, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, I think there's a 100-watt power limit on those stations, which is a good thing. You know, for, for the, the people with big stations and amplifiers in the crowd, you can kind of overwhelm all the portable folks um, if you have a Yagi and, and, you know, a kilowatt or something. So a 100-watt limit um, for those stations, I believe. And, um, you know, it works just like any other field day. You can work anybody that you want. And that's kind of what the rule change is used to be that home stations could not work other home stations, but that's been relaxed in the COVID era, and I think that's generated a lot of new activity. Another thing that's really fun to do, um, if if you have a home station and you have a Yagi or maybe you have access to a friend who will let you use theirs, try it QRP. Go ahead and operate that station on 5 or if you're doing sideband 10 watts. The Yagi will make that station sound pretty much the same as a hun- most 100-watt stations out in the field. And you'll get a pretty big um, QSO point multiplier for operating at low power. Um, you know, some folks will go a step further on that. If they have a home generator, they'll run their station on generator, which uh, lets them, you know, take additional credit for doing that. Or, um, you know, at QRP levels, if you have a storage battery that you can charge up or even a solar cell, um, you'll be able to run that station um, all weekend long on battery or solar and, uh, you know, truly make it more of an emergency type of situation that you might encounter if, if there were a grid failure and uh, you had to use the power in your home. What if I took a low-power transmitter, Fred, and just took it into my backyard, strung up a wire, and used a, uh, oh, I don't know, a lead-acid lead battery, let's say, and decided to operate field day that way? Would, would I still be Delta class, or would I be in a different class? It depends on what you use for the antenna. I, I think if you truly put up an antenna that you didn't have as part of your portable station, you went outside um, and, uh, and uh, you know, set your transmitter up on battery and all that kind of stuff, I believe that would cal- 
constitute a portable station now. It's probably a good idea to read the rules carefully, and they are available on the ARL website. But I'm pretty confident that that would constitute a non-home station if you truly made it all portable equipment that wasn't permanently installed. It's also easy to go one step further with that and find yourself a park or a, a high spot. You know, many folks here in the Northeast go on top of a mountain where there's a park and do exactly what you just described. And those make great field day stations. You know, if you get some elevation, um, that temporary antenna and the battery-powered station QRP, or even, um, you know, if you have enough battery capacity, you can get in the 100-watt range with some of those, um, make terrific field day stations. And also, um, you know, those parks will typically have enough public traffic in them that you'll be able to get the word out on how much fun and how important um, amateur radio is in an emergency situation like our, our test during field day. You know, I'd be negligent if I also didn't mention that if you are participating with a group of friends or with a club, field day is also a, a social event, right? Yes, it absolutely is. Um, and many many groups treat it more as that than an operating activity. Um, but, uh, you know, um, sometimes there'll be meal activities. Um, they'll, one of the things that we like to do at field day is we like to do fox hunts. We'll put hidden radio transmitters out and encourage, you know, some of the technicians that uh, are in our area to come out and track down the foxes. Actually, one of the cool things about doing something like that is you don't even need a license. If you have somebody who's a little bit interested in amateur radio and you go to a field day activity where we have um, hidden transmitters out, you'll be able to borrow an HT that's set for receive only, and you can learn about radio direction finding and track those foxes down. It's great activity to do with friends and family um, in a group. Because, um, you know, you kind of work on the problem of finding that hidden transmitter together, and uh, it, it's a ton of fun. So lots and lots of stuff that is about making new friends and, um, you know, just having a little bit of fun with amateur radio, maybe having a nice lunch or dinner with a group and just hanging out. Yeah, some uh, some subfield day sites have, uh, how should we say, good cooks, good food. Yes, they do. You know, that's a little bit tougher in the COVID era because of all the, the closer contact that that involves. So I think some groups are doing a little less of that um, than, than they may have done in the past. I know we're going to have um, a kind of more of a takeout run kind of scenario at, at our field day this year to try to, um, you know, to minimize any re residual risk from COVID. But um, I think, you know, the bigger opportunity is come and just be part of the group. Um, the meals are great. And they certainly create a social experience, but there's lots of other stuff that goes on at many field days. I mentioned fox hunting. Um, we're going to be doing a training session actually on all of our equipment at about, uh, I think we're going to start it at around 1230 on Saturday. Um, and uh, that'll be a great chance to come, even if you're not licensed yet, and see how satellites work and how um, FTA digital works and how to, six meters might work. Um, you'll be able to play around with our foxes all weekend long. So, um, you know, again, the key, I think, um, in doing field day is that if you're going to do it with a club or a group is to try to find a group who's really focused on you as a new ham or as maybe a recently upgraded ham or, or just a ham that wants to learn some new stuff. And uh, if you find a group like that, I think you're going to probably find a pretty good um, social experience as well because in order to, to help people that are new, you got to be able to welcome new people into your operation and make them part of it. Field day is always the last weekend of June, rain or shine. What is the date this year, Fred? Do you have that handy? 
Yes, I do. Um, uh, it basically was on the weekend of the June 25th, 6th, and 7th. So here's a typical schedule. Um, most groups will either set up Friday afternoon, which is what we do on, on the 25th, or some will set up just on Saturday morning, the 26th. The field day operating period goes from here on the East Coast from 2 p.m. Um, on Saturday to 2 p.m. on Sunday, the 27th. So the 26th in the afternoon and the 27th in the morning will be some of the best times to visit. Um, also, um, if you're interested in, in, you know, being part of setup um, Saturday morning or perhaps Friday afternoon, the 25th, depending on the group, will also be great opportunities to see how stations are put together, antennas are put up, and the whole thing is kind of checked out and run. And, um, you know, if you're willing to help um, a group set up and take down, um, I think that's a great way for a new person to get involved with a club that's doing field day. You just want to be sure and ask if, if, you're, if you do that, if it's okay for you to get some operating time on the field day station. Some clubs will welcome that. Um, our club, for example, um, is giving first shot to sign up for operating time on all of our stations so the people who help with setup and takedown. And uh, so, you know, you might find that you'll score yourself a, a prime slot on 20-meter sideband or, or a 6-meter station or something else you really want to do if um, you're willing to work with a club and help them set their stations up and take them down at the end. You know, it is a rain or shine deal, so you also want to be prepared for that in the event that it rains. Some um, folks will still be out there and doing it. Well, I appreciate all the information, Fred. I trust you will do well and that you'll have cooperative weather. That's what we're hoping for. And by the way, I'd just like to invite um, all your listeners who might be in the New Hampshire or Massachusetts area to come pay us a visit and join us for field day. We're going to be at Keys Memorial Park in Milford, New Hampshire on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Our setup will start at around noontime or probably a little later than that um, in the early afternoon on Friday the 25th. Um, we're going to be, as I mentioned, doing training on um, satellites, digital and six meters, starting at around 1230 in the afternoon on Saturday the 26th. And then our operating period will go from 2 p.m. Saturday to 2 p.m. Sunday, and we'll take it down. So if anybody's interested in, in joining the, the setup process, uh, drop me an email at ab10c alpha bravo one oscar charlie at arl.net, and uh, we'll help you figure out how to get involved in, uh, in our field day operation here in New Hampshire. Perfect. Thanks, Fred. You're quite welcome, Steve, and uh, good luck and have fun at field day, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, which took a deeper dive into material from the May-June 2021 issue of On the Air magazine. I'll be back next month to discuss items from a brand new issue, that being the July-August issue of On the Air. In the meantime, feel free to send comments about On the Air to ota at arrl.org, read our blog at arrl.org, OTA hyphen blog or learn more about ARRL membership at ARRL.org. Until next time, I'm Steve Ford, WBAIMY 73.